it? Someone did a clapsing before I counted. God mm-hmm. damn it. I put <laughs> anyway. my hands together in preparation for clapping, which means oh. <laughs> it made a sound, unfortunately. Yeah, here you are. Yep, oddly, that's All how right. clapping works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Clap sync. Three, two, one. I'm sorry if that was perfect. I, I did loud because I, I'm i going to need to actually see which one's I might have clapped in solidarity with mccoy's clap before the collapsing yes i saw that i saw that that's not in solidarity oh, with no. me tomorrow <laughs> don't worry it's okay solidarity it's okay. forever shout yeah. out to future mccoy whose head is in his hands right now where he's yeah. just like fuck yep <laughs> no yep dude honestly i'm gonna have though, to edit this funny, podcast like... for two minutes instead of one and a half minutes i know that extra 30 seconds is excruciating yeah, you, know, you want to be Makes somewhere sense. else. You're already thinking about where else you could have been. Yeah, yeah, it's brutal. <laughs> you guys, they will never know. The people on this podcast that are listening will never know the uh, just ridiculous conversation we just had before the podcast. <laughs> and I think it's just lost ether, and that's okay. Um, yeah, yeah. There were stories about Facebook people professing their love. It's just kids being idiots. Oh, it was, it was good. Um, but unfortunately, we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about something scarier than that. Um, scarier than admitting your love to your crush? I don't think so. Honestly, this game was not scarier than admitting your love to your crush as a kid. Yeah, I don't think I it agree. was. I agree. Yeah. Okay. Is that fair? What do you think, Zoe? Is that fair? So, like, what what we really should need to do is, like, a uh, Facebook uh, message simulator game, which is the true horror game where it's like... Oh, God. <laughs> Type on Debbie's name. Tell Debbie you love her. I think that that's an actual game. Um, oh, yeah. I, I like, can I feel think that that's in a game. out there. Okay, here's how you make that yeah. game real. I Rule 34 of video games. No, no, oh, no, 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 no. Down. Rule 34 video games block coming soon. Oh, <laughs> please, you guys. No. I'm down. I don't no. even give a fuck. No. I don't even. I'm doing it. I want to see what those fucking games are about. I want to. See, like, dude, people made that shit. Like, they sat there and you're like, wow, did you make. I don't even know. Like, did you build. I, I don't know what people do as hobbies. I don't know. Did you. Did you increase nine ranks in Valorant? It's like, yeah. Like, oh, well, I did that. I built a game that is about this insane fetish online and uh it's doing really well like it's 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 reviewing you know moderately well and selling and you know just like please <laughs> i want no so what would happen is that video games block would happen and then the next week it'd be like hey guys mccoy here so um three members of the podcast quit last week <laughs> after doing our rule 34 video games block um I really don't know why. I mean, there was some quality stuff there. Some jank, but some real quality. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I think they might have just found what they really liked, and they just didn't have any time for the podcast anymore. I don't know, like, what happened. But, yeah, no, but the thing is, like, oh, you guys, I actually, seriously, okay. We won't do it for the podcast, probably, but I so desperately want to know what those games are about. You have no idea how stupid thumbs they're going to be, up. man. That's a two thumbs up right there. Wait, did he just go away completely? Oh my god. Nope, he's back. Oh god, I'm here. Sorry. Okay, the other thing is I'm my internet connection super fucked today, so I'm just in and out this call, apparently, just saying weird remarks about fucking Rule 34 games. That's like my only contribution. Especially because I haven't even played the fucking game this week. God damn it. Yeah. Yeah. It's gonna be rough. 
Um, but okay, uh, if we do want to actually segment, segue into the game, though, I did want to actually ask people about the general idea, and, and mostly you guys will probably generate this because you guys know what the fuck to talk about, etc. But I did want to talk about, like, this game was built as, like, an open-world-ish, open-ended game. And now that you guys have played a lot more of it, potentially all of it, how does that hold true? Like, is that a fair description of this game, or is that, like, not quite understanding how it is? Hmm. Um, I think open world sounds a little silly only because it's very contained on a spaceship. Hmm. Um, <laughs> I would say, if anything, it's just definitely more Metroidvania. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's anything. like a first-person like, Metroidvania. Hmm. And I definitely found myself just, like, backtracking into various locations multiple times, either to complete side quests or because I knew, like, certain items were stashed in some places hmm. um, and whatnot. So it wasn't necessarily like, I think, like a game like Cyberpunk, where I would, like, just be like, oh, let's just, let's just drive around and see what we can find. <laughs> like, hmm. Or, like, oh, I'm going to go towards this quest but I'll also, like, check out what's on the way there. It was mainly just like, ah, I have a quest in this wing. Go to the wing, explore the wing. But, like, the wings themselves are very contained places. And so it's the mainline story as well is also very focused. Like, you can just follow it and pretty much ignore everything else, and that makes it collapse into something linear. Because hmm. they're always just like, you're going here to do this. Yeah. It's like, okay. Right. Okay, so, like, there. it makes sense why, like, when you look at, like, the how long to be of, of this game, it does say main storyline is 16 hours, which I think is, I think that would check out if you only did main story plots. Wow. Yeah. Um, however, I did a lot of the side quests. I didn't do all of them, but I did do a lot of them. And my final game time was 29 hours. Yeah. So, yeah. But, like, okay. So, like, don't, I mean... Obviously, we should be able to talk about this without spoiling your review, but, like, was it good? Like, were they good hours? Like, how's how's the game panning out for you? I'm just curious. Um, For me, personally, I liked some of the side quests. However, I think it... And I'll, I'll, I'll probably tell many a story c come, you know, the next couple of hours. But, like, <laughs> this game's awfully buggy when you try to open it all the way up and do every single quest. Okay. So um, I had a I had a nice little like you know hearkening back to my cyberpunk days of like game breaking bugs, quests that bugged out, NPCs who would just die suddenly because I like tapped a lamp post and oh, it yeah. flung at them and killed them. <laughs> like, what the fuck? So... <laughs> all right. Yeah, I had an instance like, of this as well. Uh, yeah oh so like i think in doing the whole game it definitely exposed a lot of the game's jank yeah often to a hilarious you know conclusion um but also like at the same time i did like a lot of the side quests as well i did think there's a lot of story progression there and actually a lot of the side quests come into play for your final outcome of the story cool um at the end so yeah so they try to reward you for visiting all the off the beaten path jank mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like there's a couple like i think what i would call like mainline side quests like you have your like retrieving side quest that is just like find this item 
return item to said person. But then you also have, like, exploring an NPC's, um, an NPC's side of, like, what's going on at the station and helping them out um, against the Typhon threat and whatnot. And those ones are really cool. That's awesome. Um, I can't speak for, like, James or Raphael, though. Like, did you guys feel something similar? Yeah. yeah I... Go first. Um, I guess, like, my bugginess was not on a side quest. Um, it was actually a, a main quest, but apparently there's a few different versions of it you can get depending on exactly what you do leading up to it. And um, my understanding is that actually just blocked off one of the endings for me because I couldn't complete it. Hmm. I think, did it have anything to do with uh, doll? Yes. Yep. Okay. That one bugged out for me too. We'll talk about it. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I looked around for solutions and the solution was basically like load a save before this and do it yeah. in a different order so that you don't yeah. run into this. And yeah. All my saves were gone because I had been saving a ton leading up to, like, trying to accomplish this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I would just say, like, yo, like, the, obviously this is a spoiler podcast. This is even not only the first spoiler podcast. I feel like the other one was, like, somewhat spoilers. But this one's definitely super spoiler. So do you guys want to talk about it now? Like, what, what are you guys talking about? Like, what is this, uh, like, ending yes. you get locked out of? So, so I guess we should also give the caveat, guys, of uh, if you haven't listened to the first episode of the Prey podcast, McCoy's game bugged out catastrophically, <laughs> yes. so he was yeah. unable to even finish the game. Yeah. So that's why you're going to be hearing McCoy be more introspective and uh, more <laughs> clueless as to how this game goes, because he literally could not complete it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. listen to that first episode if you want to know that game-breaking bug and how to possibly avoid that i will say um, as, a, as a small teaser for that bug it is because i had played the game before so it punished me for having opened the game before unfortunately and that is mm -hmm. really sad yeah okay but yeah this uh this one involves um so halfway or i'd say like about three quarters of the way through the story um you there's like this kind of bounty hunter-ish type guy named doll who's coming after you like he works for like the corporation that runs uh the station and his job is to like basically just kill everyone on the station so like no one on earth finds out like what happened on the station but like his main targets are like you morgan um and he, like, sends out a lot of operator bots after you and whatnot. But anyway, the point is, you're supposed to be getting a quest from an NPC who, um, actually, an NPC named Dr. Igwe, who's a very vital NPC that you can save earlier in the game. But he says, like, hey, if you kill Dahl, like, he's our only ticket off of this station. So instead of killing him, as your quest log is telling you to do right now, like, here's a modification that I can give you where you can knock him out, install this chip into him, and it will wipe his memory so he'll have no memories of, like, needing to kill you as an objective, and he'll fly us out of here on his shuttle that he brought to the station. Hmm. Um, and the thing is, like, when you talk to this NPC who gives you the chip, like, he's supposed to just prompt, promptly, like, give you the chip to even install 
But for me, at least, like I would talk to Dr. Igwe and I'd be like, hey, I think you have a chip you need to give me. I think you have a chip you need to give me. And he was just kind of like, nice to see you. So you live. <laughs> nice to see that's you. <laughs> so you lived in the timeline where like he actually just didn't know how to create a chip that could just wipe this guy's memory. And they just, there was just no way out. Okay. Yeah. Right. And so, so at least the version I, I got know. told me to like bring him to a med bay instead. Like I didn't hear about any chip. Uh, and apparently it mm. depends on, like, what you did to Dahl's uh, technical operator. What? Oh. Hmm. Yeah, so it's like, if you go after the technical operator, then you end up with this version. And if you go and deal with Dahl directly, you end up with a different version that isn't buggy. <laughs> oh, see, like, the thing is, I killed Dahl before I even killed the operator. Um, so the operator was still alive and the thing is I had, you know, I was never given the chip, so I had no idea what was happening. So all I see is my objective, kill doll. I kill him. And then Igwe's yelling at me over the phone being like, how could you kill him? He's our only ticket out of here. Yeah. And I'm just like, whoa, what yeah. the fuck? Yeah. And so if I actually looked up dead. a walkthrough. <laughs> I yeah, heard that exactly. so many times. It's <laughs> yeah. so like, I looked up a walkthrough cause I'm just like, I, I reloaded my save, and I'm like, is there anything else I need to do to not kill him? But every time he would just aggress on me, and, like, I couldn't find a way to, like... Like, the walkthrough was like, oh, knock him out by taking all the ox oxygen out of the room. So I did that, but he just woke up again, and then would hunt after me again. And so, finally, I just killed him, being like, well, <laughs> sorry, I tried. And the walkthrough's like, oh, yeah, you're supposed to have this chip that you install into him. And I'm like... Oh. what <laughs> excuse me okay so i think we actually had this bug out at completely different parts of the game then uh so i faced oh, it all in the arboretum oh uh mm. and so what happened for me is apparently like you have a fight where you fight doll and then you talk to alex you um and i stunned a doll and i talked to alex you and then gravity goes out and then you're supposed to bring doll to the med bay in the arboretum uh but Apparently, when a character is stunned in the game, if they, like, touch anything at a velocity greater than zero, <laughs> oh, no. they immediately die. Oh, so, no. So I was, like, saved, I was saved scumming to, like, drag this body around, and it was like, <laughs> oh, fuck. I have to go into this tunnel, and it's like, okay, if I stop moving, he'll, like, slingshot around me and touch the floor. <laughs> God damn. And so I had to, like, and, like, you can't look at his body while you're doing it because you're, like, dragging it behind you. Oh and, no. Uh, and so I'm like, Save's coming to do this, and then there's like a stupid fucking like piece of baggage in the hallway. He bumps into that <laughs> and dies. Okay, yep. so like, okay, uh, I go back, try to figure out how to put him down. That was really difficult because letting go of him causes him to bump into you unless you are currently accelerating away from him. Um, oh, oh, dude. That's a travesty. I moved I moved the, the fucking piece of baggage. Finally yeah. get him into the med bay. And it's yeah. like, okay, the nav points are, like, right next to each other. And it's not completing. Or, like, tried, like, pulling him out of the room, putting him back in. Oh, no. No, it just no, he completely was just bugged out. Bro. And so I just, I just gave up on it. The question, though, was, was like this challenge more fun than the challenge the actual mission was presenting? <laughs> no. That's a question. No, it was not. <laughs> this story sounds more fun. I mean, it's it's a good story, but... No, I was I was really frustrated. It was not yeah. fun. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's uh, oh, it's just it's so unfortunate that these like sequent 
it's breaks or whatever. All sorts of different things are happening all over this game to all of us. So James, have you have you had anything? Uh, yeah, definitely. I um, I did not finish the game. Um, I got very frustrated because I felt like um, I wasn't. I, I wasn't enjoying the combat in specific situations at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt like there was like very glitchy hit registration and stuff. Um, and I, so it, it just took me a lot longer to play the game than I wanted to like make any progress. Um, so I didn't finish it this week. Um, did you level up dialogue? I'm just curious. You don't have to tell us if it's true. <laughs> I leveled up, you know, stuff that I thought would help, and then it did not help at all. Um, <laughs> That's so unfortunate. And then I was like, well, I guess I could restart the whole game and change the way I leveled things up, or I could n- n- not. Um, Fair. <laughs> and and the other option is lowering the difficulty. Um I think part of it might actually be that I have a pretty shitty frame rate in the game. Um, okay. Just because I'm working with older hardware. Um, hmm. But, like, I would swing the wrench and it would be like, no, you didn't hit him. And it's like, dude, the fuck? He's right there. The <laughs> wrench went through yeah. the guy. You didn't mm-hmm. hit him. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's probably similar me. to to Valorant actually where it's like they code the knife like a gun and so it only it doesn't matter what the what the object swings through it matters what the yeah crosshair is on at the point of impact is that am I saying this right Raphael yeah I think that's that's correct that shit is ridiculously awkward interesting with I think it was significantly more forgiving than Valorant's system but it is it's the same thing just with a wider time or hitbox or something i think there's a bit of homing on mine i could be wrong about that yeah maybe. i didn't feel any of that um Fuck. so it felt like a really difficult frustrating experience um the, the tell is when felt your buggy. crosshair turns red that means that you will hit them Oh, it's like fucking Halo back in the day where your crosser has to turn, change a different color and then you get like the 100% lock hit. I never uh, noticed that. Huh. He, yeah, I guess. It doesn't do like That's a lock hit animation or anything, but mm-hmm. you'll it won't be red if you're out of range and it will be red if you are hovering over it. Maybe I was... I don't know. I even on like fucking mimics where there was it was like taking up the whole screen i would swing my <laughs> wrench and it'd be like yeah you missed and it's like uh, yeah, what I had that when they were like standing up yeah Is that yeah 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 but like just in general too and like on phantoms and shit and maybe the phantoms like teleport away from your wrench in which case why um yeah they do that yeah the mimics are too they both seem to have this like dash away thing right. cuz you'd miss yeah. sometimes Wait, so is know. this an ammo? But situation? it was like every Why are time. You wrenching it was like thing? every time. Why am I wrenching this it? thing? Yeah. Because, because I didn't wrench. have any fucking bullets. <laughs> <laughs> <Unfortunate>. <laughs> okay, what about um, glue gun into wrench? 
Yeah. But like they break free of the glue within the time that I can pull out my wrench and hit them. I don't know. Uh, it it didn't feel like it worked. And I, I okay. think that I needed to level up something maybe to make that work at all. Um, so it just wasn't good for you. But for me, it with just the glue gun, like yeah. you, you had to glue them enough that they really froze up. Yeah. And then once they froze up, they were frozen for like a good 10 seconds and they would stay frozen for a couple of hits. That wasn't clear. Okay, like I would, I would, I would glue them until they were frozen and then I would run up to them, pull out my wrench, and I mean, I would run up while I was pulling out my wrench, and like, and then they would teleport away from me, or it wouldn't hit, or some bullshit. It was just like not Wish enjoyable. Locked, yeah. um, and so I thought about reducing my my difficulty, because um, mm-hmm. I would probably enjoy the game more with less of that kind of combat. Um, but instead, I stopped playing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, it uh, didn't draw you. To the um, but I was really enjoying the story and um, the the like quests and stuff. Um, and I probably spent too much time away from the main quests. Um, uh, for me. Uh, which is to say that I didn't want to spend a shitload of hours in this game, so I was I was putting myself on that path because I was enjoying the quests, despite the mm-hmm. fact that I didn't want to. Out of curiosity, Expl- James, and I'm not saying yeah. this to like shame you or anything, but like, no. where did you stop story wise, like um, objective wise? I uh, stopped just as I was meeting that bounty hunter guy okay because like i will say there did seem to be like some sort of resource resource scarcity like apex yeah towards like mid game for me where i i too spent hours away from the main storyline but only because like I was literally just scrounging every corner of the station Mm -hmm. trying to find materials to craft like 30 bullets for yeah. my silent pistol or yep. something right like, there was a time for a while where i was getting like i too in fact i have a note here that i had written earlier where i was just like this game's bullshit i'm just scrounging for ammo constantly and it all gets used up on one yeah uh, on one typhon right um, that's how it felt because also like you you craft 30 bullets for your you, you use all these resources to craft 30 bullets for your silent pistol well one typhon takes like 20 of those bullets to go down mm-hmm. i'm like well this is great so i did feel it for a while and then it seemed like all of a sudden the resources were like a plenty after a certain story beat where suddenly i was like easily sitting on like 300 bullets you know and like living comfortably and like okay. Not even that, but I had, like, enough ammo for all of my weapon types. So if I ran out of one gun, I would, like, use another. Like, there was a while there where I had none for my silent pistol, none for my shotgun, none for my glue gun. Like, I was just wrenching motherfuckers because I was just like, I have no ammo. I need resources. Help me. That's where I was. That's that's exactly where I was. And um, it was just, like, not enjoyable to me 
Um, yeah. <laughs> and, like, I was down to my last, like, 90 shots in the glue gun with no fucking pistol or <laughs> shotgun ammo. And um, I was like, how am I going to do any of this shit? Like, I get one-tapped by half these motherfuckers. Um <laughs> And You're like, like, I don't even I, want this in Valorant. Like, why would I want it here? Yeah, exactly. It's like, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. I think, I mean, I really do think that, um, like, my, like, the, <laughs> my, my, my old graphics card made it harder to play the game um, because I'm so used to a, a high frame rate in Valorant. Um yeah, the smoothness like, for FPS. Yeah, just like the responsiveness, like yeah. I would be missing a lot more because I'm yeah. like used to it being different. Um, but yeah, I feel that in all first-person shooters. Yeah, because you, from what I can gather, you need to do a lot of work to make your game not just run well. But, like, run above 120 FPS. Because most games are kind of, like, seemingly set for, like, 60 or, like, oh, sure, we'll give you 100 if you want. But, like, if you're used to, I mean, I used to play Counter-Strike at 300 frames per second. Even though I only had a 144 hertz monitor, that means my computer would give that monitor the choice of two frames. It would pick the earlier one. Um, Or I guess, like not the earlier one it would actually be like the more recent one and it would display that and when you get used to that feeling it just feels like you're walking through like mm-hmm. mud yeah. yeah uh on the other hand i am at the final boss of metroid dread um oh shit <laughs> it's like a sabotage dude you want to tell us about metroid dread <laughs> just do it bro fuck it right all right i'm down i've uh, heard okay listen james i'm gonna make a totally unfair uh description of metroid dread and then i need you to set me straight okay yeah metroid and i'm gonna do metroid too at the same time so buckle up people metroid is that franchise that everyone pretends was a tier one franchise but it wasn't okay everyone's like oh i fucking love metroid and maybe this is you and i'm sorry if i'm offending you but that's what everyone has told me throughout my entire life i fucking love metroid and i'm just like yeah but like do you love it like you love zelda or do you just like it on the side because it's good and they haven't made a good one for a while but like do people like love metroid are you one of them james um i enjoy metroid games i i don't know is it a tier one franchise like is it do i think that it really like flies with the marios and the zeldas uh Not, not really, but like, it has the potential. Um, I think the Mario's and the Zeldas have just broader appeal. Yeah. And Metroid is, it's it's kind of like an acquired taste, I guess. It's something less yeah. people are less likely to enjoy. Like it's my kind of thing, so I enjoy it. Um, and like the first person ones, the Metroid Prime games were fucking awesome. Hmm. Is that for GameCube? Uh, what was that for? 
Yeah, the first two were for GameCube, and then the third one was for the Wii, and it had really janky motion controls. Um, oh my god! But I figured them out and enjoyed them. Um, but like first person, like shooting with, like aiming at the screen, with the Wii's really janky registration is not easy. But it was fire. I enjoyed it. Okay, I have a question, just blanket question for anyone who had the Wii. I actually never had the Wii, but I had friends who had the Wii. And like there was a game and you don't have to it doesn't have to be this game in particular, but it was Resident Evil Four that eventually came out for the Wii and it was like a classic from I wanna say like the Playstation two like era and it was just like you would use the thumbstick to aim and you had to stop. It's called quote tank controls, meaning you can't mm-hmm. move and shoot at the same time. It's not like Counter Strike though, it just means the controls are so hard to use that you have to enter an aim mode and then you have like a moving mode. So you're like, I'm in moving stance and you're like running around and then you're like, I'm in shooting stance and then you have like a laser pointer and you're using the thumbstick to kind of point it on people. And apparently this game was awesome. I did play it and I really enjoyed it at the time. And in fact, it has an inventory system like Prey. Um but where, where it's in a grid and you have to organize them and you have to like run out of space and you and although you can fucking move things you can rotate them back in this fucking game do you know what i mean like can you rotate things in pride does anybody know that no what the fuck dude <laughs> how is that okay <laughs> i thought in leveling up my leverage that i would at least have a rotate function especially when i figured out that sometimes like blocking certain pathways is like a good way to like avoid things but then nothing was more annoying than walking up to an item needing to like rotate it to block an entryway mm-hmm. and you have to like finick your way around yeah i had this mainly with like i wanted to throw an object like through a window or over a railing or something and depending on how i picked it up it would like hit the railing or the edge of the window and not go through and that was really annoying oh god (laughs) but so okay now listen it's awesome that we're talking about pretty again but i hold on about this Wii situation, <laughs> did, was it good to, to do first-person shooters or any sort of shooting game, third-person or whatever, on the Wii, like, pointing at the screen? Like, was that fun? Good? Did it work? Like, well enough? Did anyone do this at that time? It was a cool idea know. that um, needed much better technology. Mm-hmm. Like, the... the um, the arcade games where you aim at the screen and shoot oh, are yeah. fun. It's like that idea, but at home. But it's shitty, cheap technology that doesn't work. Unfortunately. <clears throat> is this what VR is right now, you guys? It's just like a super good Wii? Yeah. No. Yeah, huh. I mean, well, a little. I mean, kind of, right? I would say it's it's kind of in the same area in that it's like, it's trying to do a hard problem and it's doing like an okay job at it and it will need to be a lot better before it has wide more widespread appeal yeah Mm -hmm. but it's but it's kind of like a Wii. i mean in a way right um anyways okay james i didn't mean to you kind of sound like um like a a 50 year old talking about video games and how they're like it's like yeah it's kind of like pong though right (laughs) but it is kind of like pong though right that 50 year old has a decent idea though (laughs) i'm not saying saying he's off but yeah i mean like 
have you guys ever made that connection between the Wii? That doesn't matter. Okay, all right. So, James, the final thoughts on Metroid Dread. Good, worth it. People with a with a Switch. Are just oh, I get this I shit. quite enjoyed it. I quite enjoyed it. Um, it is really janky controls. Um, okay. In a different way um, than like the Wii. Uh, so that took a lot of getting used to. Um, very difficult bosses. Um, to the point where, like, on the level of... I would... I, I took 15 tries, at least, to beat a couple of the bosses. <laughs> um, so... Like... I think um, learning, like, boss attack um, patterns and, like, wind-up animations, which are very quick, and, like, figuring out exactly how to dodge attacks and stuff like that are, is necessary for every boss fight, which is cool, um, but kind of difficult to make your hands do the thing. Yeah. Um, so... I think it's a game that a lot of kids will buy and then get mad at their, you know, Switch. Throw it. The dude, and then Stuff they'll be like, like now I have to buy an OLED version? It's crazy, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, but guys, this is such an interesting connection, though, between these two games. Because when you think of difficulty, like a blanket option, like easy, normal, hard, even if the game tries to describe it to you, it's such a delicate thing to deal with. Cause like this, that James is talking about is difficulty, but it's difficulty that involves you learning and growing. But we were just talking about before we got into this tangent was difficulty in the sense of, well, there's just, there just isn't shit here. So it's hard. I mean, I guess it's not that hard, but it's annoying. And then for James, it's hard. Like it just, it's it's really really delicate and i i don't know i feel like we haven't played a game that just like kind of breaks on balance slash like design at points for a little while but it feels like this one might do that a little bit here and there it's yeah not not a great feeling. i was because i was really wondering if the scarcity was going to come because i when i when my thing broke uh i had i don't know i could craft shotgun shells but not pistols uh, shells which was a really big problem because i see mostly pistol and i was like really taking my time with my shots so i wasn't missing but i was running low on pistol ammo and i had maybe 15 shotgun shots and i can make that go a while and like 300 glue gun shots i can make that go for a while but i was noticing like it has started to be a little bit dry when it comes to pistol ammo like and i'm i've just upgraded that with like the weapon kits and stuff so i'm feeling like really re not regretful but like it's unfortunate that I can't use this thing that is now stronger than all my other things. And yeah, it sounds like that I feel just, like, like they wanted you to goes. get into that situation. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. And I don't much enjoy that situation. So, you know, there's that. I mean, a part of me wondered how much of it was due to like them trying to encourage you to not do mainline story and to try and branch off mm -hmm. into these other ship areas. Because like, a lot of the side quest rewards are valuable. You either get chipsets that are very, you know, that can help you along the way, or you get fabrication plans mm -hmm. 
so you can craft different types of ammo. Um, I think my frustration just lied when I was already scarce and I didn't want to go forward with the mainline story because I knew that there was going to be like some sort of confrontation at the end of this story beat that I had no ammo for. So I was trying to like, okay, well, maybe I should wrap up some of these side quests. And then I'd go into areas that I had already been hoping that I could just like go and turn the side quest in like up psych there's now five phantoms yeah. in this room yeah. before you can turn this in i'm like mm -hmm. but i have no ammo I know, like, this <laughs> like, room's I not can. gonna have more loot <laughs> <laughs> exactly like because i already stripped the room you know yeah. and so um i got very frustrated i think with that stuff um and like eventually i think it finally stabilized but not after i like I, I will also say from the first episode, like I'm playing this on story mode. Right. So I am like the least likely to actually die. And so I don't imagine what that was like at a harder difficulty only because I had to go around like wrenching like freaking Typhon, like electrified Typhons <laughs> for like a long time. Yeah. And I'm like, this is not healthy. <laughs> like I have food for days, but I don't have ammo. You're like, um, if I wasn't so proficient at wrenching this guy like and having a million health like i would die <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly i used the pistol as a last resort and i still ran out of ammo that's unbelievable um yeah i mean so i was using the wrench whenever possible uh so if they had like ranged attacks uh, so like with the technopath and telepath and the uh voltaic phantoms yeah. i was not wrenching those um what were you doing? And I was for those? throwing, <clears throat> I was throwing things if possible. Wow. Uh, um. And if not, uh, shooting them with a pistol or Q Q beam. The Q beam was pretty good actually. Yeah. Q beam was good. It just runs out of ammo very quickly, and some of those, yeah. some of the very like large enemies certainly like tanked up yeah. a lot of that ammo. But sure. I mean, I think in terms of like how they structured the game, the only explanation that makes sense to me is that they didn't want you to fight everything. They wanted you to decide whether you should be fighting or sneaking past things. Ah, hmm. uh, yeah, I I like to loot in peace. <laughs> so for me, that just meant okay, eliminate enemies first, yeah. then run around the room, <laughs> looting. Yeah, I imagine that's basically what we all did, right? Even you probably did that. Yeah. Fail. Uh. I mean, so I, I did start to skip enemies later on. Okay. Uh, and just, I don't know, loot, loot in not peace, in, in terror. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I'm sure they were, dude, like they're high-fiving right now somewhere. Like, oh my yeah, God. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's what they wanted. Uh, yeah. And I have to say, I hate it. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> turns out um, yeah. being scared is not always fun. But like, dude, this is such a razor-thin balance in video games man and i have observed this i swear over my fucking life because like one of my favorite games ever is fallout 3 but even just fallout new vegas all those like fallout games and their hallmark is a true open world where you can go anywhere but like at the beginning you have so little resources it is brutal but they just they do such an incredible balance in that game to give you like i mean depending on how you play it i would say a bunch of hours like three four five six where you're like that might be too much but maybe you know like somewhere in there but like 
really solid get-outs where it's just like super well-balanced scarcity and it feels amazing and then after that you just run around with a million ammo forever <laughs> and it and you like wish you could have more scarcity i feel like for the rest of the game but you're like i have seven nukes mm -hmm. so like i guess i'm not really threatened am i um but but yeah. also it's part of what was frustrating to me was that they gave me the pistol and then it felt like they took it away mm -hmm. um just by never dropping any pistol ammo um and instead dropping like flex form like bolts or whatever flexifoam bol <laughs> bolts which like don't do damage yeah. to and it's like yeah but don't you want a hundred more of these and it's like no give me fucking pistol ammo um I hear that. yeah I, I think the whole crafting system just like didn't really work that well um like the way that you have to find the schematics for things uh but like you go through a significant portion unable to craft pistol ammo for example unless i don't know maybe you're supposed to like play this a second time and be like oh i'm gonna go for the pistol ammo schematic early yeah i actually found that, <laughs> I found that early i found that early good for you james Fuck. um but it didn't help because i didn't i mean for the, like there's a while where you can't actually just like produce enough ammo like you don't have enough resources or i didn't mm, yeah i don't know Maybe i found I was myself just in excess of three types of resources but lacking in one of them and the one i was lacking in was the one used to create craft most ammos metal um which was metal yeah Not a great thing and yeah. so that that was also another thing but i i mean i agree as well like the and, and it's it's funny that you say that, Raphael, about like multiple playthroughs only because I watched a YouTube essay today of somebody who's like, I've completed this game four times and here's how I go through it. Because I also do nightmare mode where I don't use any neuromods and I'm like, wow. why? <laughs> yeah. <That's a> <laughs> why would you do that to yourself? Um, but I think like that goes into, I think one of the few i that sounds very uh sassy of me to say like i want to i want to expand on a pro of this game that i actually really like um which was the creativity involved with getting into secret areas um and just kind of i i think just the overall creativity with getting through any situation actually like and I mean that just in the sense of I had no idea truly like the scope of how to go about getting past numerous blockades and whatnot until I actually like looked it up because I felt stuck in one area and I looked it up to figure out how to pass by and they're just like, oh, there's like five different ways you can get through this door. And I'm like, yeah. oh, there's five. I thought it was either just hacking or have the key. Um which is usually what most games default to. It's like either you level up a hacking skill to bypass or you have to search around for a key. In this game, they definitely expand your options in rather cool ways. Like, for instance, um, in a lot of doorways, there's like heavy pieces of furniture blocking it. And you go up to it and it says like, oh, you need leverage three to get through this. And I'm like, oh, well, I guess I should focus my neuromods on leverage three if I want to explore this area. 
little did I know that you could just toss a recycling charge at yeah. it. Yeah. And it gets rid of the blockade there. And I'm like, and it gives you a bunch oh, of metal. I mean, so badass. Yeah, and it gives you metal. <laughs> exactly. That's how I figured out how you could uh, get most of your metal uh, uh, resources that way. Mm. Um, but also, like, I don't know. I, I just thought that was really cool. Because, like, I think about games like Bioshock. And I definitely see it being like, ah, you need to have, like, this type of plasmid. And, you know, or or you need to find the key. Or you need to find the code. Um, but it's cool that it offers you multiple ways to get past stuff. So much so that there's maniacs out there who do zero neuromod runs in nightmare mode because they know that they can get through to this area to get a certain schematic or a chipset or whatnot. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I just think that's really cool. It's very innovative off of the genre. I think it really opens the possibilities for how to approach certain situations. Um, I just... In a way, it's like I wish the game would show it better like i don't know like with the recycling charges i never it didn't even occur to me to throw it at furniture mm -hmm. yeah, because when they teach it to you they're like ah throw it at a typhon and it will disintegrate the typhon into material and i'm like okay so it's just used on typhon um i guess i just wish there were like more tutorial like ways to show just how expansive you know these options are yeah in ways. I, I do to that i would just say like it's it's that i think this game has a genericness to it that i think you can feel from the very start all the way to the very i'm guessing spoilers i mean i don't really know but to the very end you guys will tell me but not that it's always that but it's enough that that i think it stops all of our functioning in our brain where we start to think creatively about the game like it just feels rigid but like I can think of plenty of games where we would have sat there and been like trying to like creatively like how come in the outer wilds we're able to sit there and go like huh how could I use a recycler charge like weird like you know but that part of our brain just it, I just don't think it activated with this game for a host of reasons for me it's I think it's the genericness of the feel of the game or something or that I don't know but like right like no one's even thinking to do that shit no one's even trying to solve shit. like for instance I saw Gabe parkour to the second level of something and get like mid-tier gear at like right at the beginning of the game and i was like what he just jumped on some lamps and then got onto like a fucking chandelier and then got up to the second level and he didn't have the repair or the leverage to get there the normal way and he just jumped up there and i was like oh my god <laughs> like wait a minute <laughs> dude and then god don't tell gabe but i tried that shit later on my own save and it took me so long oh dude how did he nail that first try but anyways not important um but you know what I mean, like, about that? It's just, it's not a game that I think sparks a lot of creativity. At least in me, I was trying to foster it. Like, how oh, do I... I lost him. Yeah. Yeah, he cut out. But I, I think I know where you're going with this. Okay. Yeah. It doesn't like, spark yeah, it, it... your creative juices flowing. Because it, mm -hmm. it, it feels like all of those, um, like, AAA games that don't do that. Yeah. Right? Well, like I said, and, it, and it's, <clears throat> like, it's like Bioshock. I was approaching it the Bioshock way. Which, in Bioshock, it, it is all very standard. Uh, you know, it's yeah. all very linear in terms yeah. of, ah, this door is locked, go find the key. Um, yeah. And the environmental design, you know, negates all of that creative thinking because it's literally just, go find this key. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think maybe it's also because you're, you're introduced with the wrench in this game at first. I'm like, ah, oh, this is a game like Bioshock. Yeah. <laughs> so therefore, just yeah, it just never really occurred. Um, 
So, I mean, it makes sense why there's like some, you know, this guy who did this video essay, he's like a big fan of this game. I mean, he did four playthroughs of this game, so clearly he's a fan in yeah. some way. Um, and like, he just loves this because of that creative outlet. And I mean, good for him. But he did, I, I guess I will say he did mention that his first playthrough, he didn't utilize a lot of those options just because... A, he was walking around terrified of everything. Um, and so be that fear that he felt kind of closed off that creative way of thinking as well. Because mm. he was just constantly on edge of like typhons everywhere. Makes sense. Um, and I do think, yeah, I think that also has some way to like stifle that. Yeah. And, so, and um, dude, that's a good just point. Like, I need to get that. out with the the amount of ammo you have you're not trying shit as much because like you fucking need that recycle grenade right yeah mm -hmm. i guess it's like the design of the game feels very punishing and so you want to explore less like within your own right resources yeah it makes yeah. total sense makes total sense because like you know you think about games so the that... design of the game is actually working against itself in yeah. that regard because dude how many times did you get a new grenade and you're like dude jesus christ i'm just looking for pistol ammo like it's just like and then like it pops up yes you know what i mean like with like a, here's how you can use this grenade. i have like 45 emp grenades by the end of this and i'm like i don't need this <laughs> yeah yeah i recycled a few stacks of them to craft more narrow mods yeah mm, yeah smart and then i spent like 15 minutes crafting neuro mods yeah <laughs> yeah that's another point where it was like I, the the crafting design of this game feels really weird because it's like neuromods are this scarce resource and then you get the crafting schematic and yeah. then you get like I don't know 20 of them or something and then you have a quest yep. to unlock getting more yeah I like that quest and then you get basically infinite neuromods yeah I like that whole interaction that happened before my shit broke I was like it was like on my way to breaking and I was like cool I'm gonna get more neuromods this is like kind of cool but yeah yeah but there is but it's true if you look at this game with a creative eye there's actually a lot of really interesting attempts at do it your own way like there's so many like mm -hmm. that's that's true with builds too there's a lot of build diversity in this game as well like a lot and that's cool <laughs> it's just i feel like yeah. i don't know i was really trying my absolute hardest to not treat this like a junkie triple a game where it's just gonna tell me what to do and tell where, where to go but i just felt like that it just felt like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost like I didn't realize the true potential this game had up until, like, I was 80% of the way through the entire game. Mm -hmm. When I was just like, oh, this is what they mean. Mm -hmm. Nice. Okay, moving on. Like, and, and then by then the game's over. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm certainly not going to play this for a second time. Multiple playthrough Zoe is not coming out for this one. Sure. You figured out what you can do in the game. So. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's no. fair. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think yeah, the, the design of the game works against itself. I also want to talk a little bit about just some of these quests that you do. Um, not all of them seem to be very... I don't know, maybe I'm just dumb, but some of them didn't seem to... Like, some of them seemed like they were destined to have you fail as a player just to make you feel shitty about yourself. Um, and maybe it's just because also I 
I also just feel like, yeah, like that creative part of my brain was shut off for part of the parts of this. But um, I will be the first to admit that I accidentally killed Dr. Igwe when I first encountered him in his uh, little space capsule because I walked up to him. There was a six minute timer in the corner that was down to three minutes by the time I found him. The only option around the crate was to open the door, so I did so. And then, yeah, he had no oxygen. He died. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Well, designed to, it's de- definitely designed for you to do that. Yep, I, okay. I I hacked it and opened it, and he's like, "Wait, no, too late." Yep. Hey, exactly. me too. Me too. I only had okay, so that's three percent. No, yeah, yeah. I, I obviously didn't, but I only had one instance where I was able to like change a decision in the middle, and I don't know if this is something that like doesn't sound like it was available here. But did you guys see the one? Yeah. Okay. So that that was that was my that was gonna be my point though. Cause, uh, sorry, I didn't yeah, mean to interrupt. Um, because earlier in the game, there is a semi-similar instance where there's this guy who's uh, this NPC who's alive, a prisoner mm-hmm. who's in a containment cell, and you can go up to this console, and you have two options. You can either a dispatch a Typhon into his cell and kill him. Or you can set him free. But before you make this decision, you read up on his file, you realize this guy's done some horrible shit. And so <laughs> it's kind of this moral choice of like, are you going to kill him because he's done all of these crimes? Or are you going to show compassion? And at first, like, there's almost like a, a check halfway through. Because the first thing I did was like, okay, like, maybe I want to do the Typhon thing. I don't know. So I select that button. As soon as I click the button, the back of my mind's like, wait, I want to go back. Mm-hmm. But all it does is it just, like, reveals the Typhon, but it doesn't release it into the cage just yet. And then you can press a second prompt of, like, open the cage. And meanwhile, the NPC in the cage is, like, freaking out because he sees the typhon being revealed so he's like oh shit please don't do this and so i was like okay i'm gonna open the cell like okay i scared him shitless i've given him his warning i'll release him i'm a good guy um but like there was kind of like that skill check almost of like you sure you want to do this it was like Mm -hmm. the windows are you sure um whereas with the dr igway thing i was just kind of like i would have liked that if you open this, you're going to kill him. Are you sure? And I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah, shit. No, I don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah, and, like, it was so, I thought, elegantly done when it was with the prisoner. Because, like, I opened it, and it started to scare him, and then I rolled in, and op- I, I actually, like, sort of, I don't think I intended to, like, kill him necessarily but once i realized it's what was happening so i I don't know i feel like i didn't even intend to do that anyways but once it was happening i opened the door and walked in there and shot that thing and then he like understood that i was like dude if i'm about to break the game this is unfortunate i just don't want this guy to die and he like recognized that and talked about it i was like thank you and then like still showed me the safe with all the guns and the weapons and whatever and it it was just like wow that was a really elegant handling of me changing my decision Oh, there's a safe with guns and weapons yeah i thought that was a lot better (laughs) than that's cool yeah, yeah, you have to. Yeah, you have to. But I mean, all that. that exotic matter. Uh huh. It had exotic matter. Yeah, for more neuromad months. I mean, but it was just—it was cool. So yeah, so it's, it like it's important. Like. Science is important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Portal yeah. taught us that. We must know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> cool. Right. Um. But like, but I think also going into specifically the Doctor Igway quest as well. Like, it did seem a little it did seem like I was destined to fail only because the answer to that is you fly, 
like you get this distress call immediately the six minute timer starts going off i finally locate his capsule but then the answer is i have to fly in the opposite direction of this capsule for like quite a ways like i don't know maybe about like a couple like a hundred yards or so but like find this like little console that's like tucked away in the corner of this cargo bay Mm. and like be able to read the instructions and call in the cargo pod Mm -hmm. and i don't know to me like so i killed him and then i was as i was flying over i i went into this cargo bay the other npc's like oh call in one of the cargo bay shuttles like that's the only way to get in here and i spent another five minutes or so wandering around the cargo bay trying to find how i can do this when i finally found it and i was like oh that's how i can save him oh yeah shit um reload (laughs) Igway, you're alive yeah i know exactly what you need to do (laughs) give me one second i come with the Um, script (laughs) fair fair but yeah i guess the point is it like definitely felt like the game was also just trying to like fail me on purpose just to make me feel shitty about things Mm -hmm. um in some instances which i also just don't really appreciate as well like i think i after i accidentally killed igwe and then i was like uh he has a trading card in steam He's an important character. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. Also, like, as an important character that is gating multiple endings. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That, that too. And so, like, when I first tried to load, it loaded me after his death. And so I thought that the game had hard-locked me to that fate. And so I rage-quit the game, and then I went downstairs, and I bitched about it to Brandon because I was like, Fuck this game. I hate it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I found an earlier safe space state later, but, um, but yeah, I don't know. Like it does seem just a little strange about that. Yeah. It's, it's interesting, right? Cause if you think of it from the goal of like, all right, we're going to make this really valuable for a second playthrough because it's all this shit that you could do differently. Then maybe like there was a temptation there to be like, so why don't we just, if they succeeded everything on the first go, what is there left to do? You know, so then, like, then they maybe were tempted to be a little bit more on the side of, like, we'll, we'll get you to fail, but don't worry. Like, you'll understand later. But then, of course, I don't think you're intending to play this a second time, so it's kind of unfortunate. You're like, oh, so you just fucked my my main shit. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, game. Yeah. Yep. But then to think that how the ending goes, and like, the game literally, like, skill checks you with all of your moral choices mm-hmm. and i don't know if i did that my first playthrough and at the very end of the game they're like i don't know when i was in my storage crate and she just opened it she was very heartless when she killed me and i'm like it wasn't my fault i didn't know mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm sorry mm-hmm. like i i probably would have been uh, very upset that they shaved me in that way yeah it's a pretty long game i don't know it's i i really do feel like this game and what it really truly is is I think a bit lost on us that's what it feels like and it might be partially because i think it's kind of a miss but there's cool shit in this game though like when mm-hmm. I, I i really felt thought this game was surprisingly cool and yet surprisingly janky and surprisingly like not conducive to creativity like in the way we're talking about it, where it's just sort of like wait so you're just gonna, I'm just gonna go all the way through and you're gonna fuck me over like why why are you doing that <laughs> it's like ooh, because of the multiple playthroughs and you're like well i'm not 
doing that. So that's cool. Like, I'm glad that we know that, but also no thank you. And the sad part about games like this is that without a podcast like this, and unfortunately with a game break, but, but okay, let that aside. Like, I would never finish a game like this on my own. Ever. Ever. In a, I, I would literally say it's impossible. Like, I just don't think I would have been drawn through the whole game if I had not motivated myself to go as far as I could. But even like, you know, we've played some games like that on the podcast. I could tell this was one of them. And I know because I played five hours of it before and I lost my willingness to play more. And I feel like, I don't know. It's like sometimes things like that have gems in them, but it's like there's reasons why I'm not motivated to play them though. So there's like, Mm -hmm. there's barriers in front and maybe other people don't have those barriers and they enjoy it more, but I I know I definitely do with a game like this. Like, dude, oh God. Like the twist in the beginning was like kind of cool, you know, when you're like, oh shit. But like, it just, it just feels dated. Like this game, you know, it just, it didn't have the same impact that I feel like they wanted. And I'm, I'm guessing that's, that's not something that stopped. Do you, do you think this game was, was hidden hard towards the end? Or do you think you were sitting there going like, okay, it's an old game in a way, or it feels old, kind of janky. No. So I actually have a funny story for this. Okay. Uh, I was talking to Cameron about the game and uh, this is a, a mutual friend of ours. Mm. Um, and I was saying, oh yeah, there's like a pretty big twist at the end. And he was like, oh, is it that you're the alien all, the, all along? And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> unlucky there. <laughs> and so it's like, yes, it's a big twist, but at the same time, it's kind of like the first twist you would guess if there was a twist. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I know it's kind of like that's cool. Eh. It feels of the era. Like it's you, so incredibly not surprising, though. You know. Yeah. yeah. It it feels like it's. Yeah. But like. But like, it's, it's, I'm wondering it's too telegraphed. Like, is it is it is it about where it is in time? Like, what's the? Is it just you know? It's too, we're playing it in 2021, therefore like, we feel differently because like, dude, we played the Bioshock games again. We played Bioshock One again, and like, Bioshock One's twist is like ingrained in my soul so much that I'm looking at this game and I'm like, is this gonna do a cheap Bioshock thing? Like, who's this January character? You know what I mean? Like, just it just felt like. Bioshock had already done this so is is it just other media doesn't even have to be games that already did this stuff that makes it feel predictable like why does it feel so well I mean I feel like the re- it was a lot more successful in Bioshock because it required you to like look back and reevaluate everything uh but in this case it's sort of like okay it doesn't really change anything like you were already a, a tabula rasa character entering this yeah like you you had been wiped clean and it was up to you to interpret things. And it's like, oh, it turns out that it was up to you to interpret things, but in a slightly different way. Mm. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I think that's ultimately where I land on it as well. Um, whereas, like, yeah, like, that Bioshock 1 was a game where I was immediately compelled to do a multiple playthrough just to be like, where was all the foreshadowing mm-hmm. of this? Um and yeah, like this game, I think because of those multiple levels of not knowing, <laughs> not knowingness, uh, I don't know, kind of ruins that magic for me. Hmm. 
Okay, anything else people want to bring up? There's, I'm sure there's more you could talk about, but there doesn't have to be. Um, just what people are feeling. Um, <laughs> I mean, I just, just because I think it's always hilarious, but also they've got to do something about their NPCs talking over each other mm. in dialogue. Oh my God, that's... <laughs> when I entered the, um, the like, safe cargo bay... And like, <laughs> oh no, where there's like seven of them. <laughs> yeah, and I'd like already saved like four people, and they were all there, and they all wanted to say thank you at the same time. <laughs> That's so <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> and it was just like, like, it was like, I was just looking at them like, hmm, yes, yes, praise me. Blah, 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 thank you, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> That's probably the well, scariest thing in the whole game. Just to, because it just showed you that like there's no immersion you can have. These are not humans. Humans would wait their turn. These are alien creatures. Just like, so it, it does like a, a zoom audio thing where it's like it fades most of them out and focuses on one depending on like where you're standing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like they're all still going through the motions they're still at the talking. same time. Yeah. Yeah. God. I don't know, for me, I, I was harkening back to, like, the audio issues we actually had with Bioshock 1, where you'd be, like, listening to an audio log, and then suddenly, like, a splicer for five rooms over is like, Jesus loves me this, uh, and you're just like, shut up, I'm trying to listen. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. I think where, th- where it happened in this game, more hilarious for me, is uh, there's a side quest you do for... Uh, an NPC named Michaela who actually ends up showing up in your office and she like gives you materials. But um, you can do a side quest where you let her know she's like looking for her, like what happened to her father. You can, uh, you find out that you had something like a past version of you had something to do with killing her father. So you can choose to give her the audio log and incriminate yourself, or you can delete the file. I chose to let her listen to it because I'm like, well, Morgan, you done fucked up. Let's see how she reacts. But it's just this hilarious thing, though, where it's a very emotional moment in this office. She's listening to the audio log and then she's just yelling, being like, you don't know what it is to be human. Which, hey, I mean, hey, that's a foreshadowing, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, for, the, okay. for the twist at the end. But like, she's like, you don't know what it is to be human, you heartless bastard, blah, blah, blah. But then as she's doing this... Dr. Iggy Igway just strolls on over and then his audio comes over my audio as he's uh, over her screaming audio as he's just like I found this chipset that I think I still can't get over it because her rant just suddenly gets muffled and then she's like I'm done talking to you and it just seems so much oh, like God. you know somebody's like overbearing partner like yelling at them in public and then the person just turns to another person being like well let's let her blather on yeah you got something you thank yeah, you yeah like jesus christ dude she's right here <laughs> you're like bro but yeah, you could have been dead okay i worked really hard to save you <laughs> please manners i but yeah i just had a lot save. of uh yeah i had a lot of issues where there would just be very very seemingly emotional points in the game that are just upended by an NPC coming over with their own, like, their own schedule. And I'm just like, 
Oh, you think they couldn't have coded, like, I don't know, when Michaela goes through father rant, Igwe, stay in corner. Like, do yeah. not do anything. <laughs> Dude, like, oh, there's been some, just, that is just a, such a fucking video game thing. I feel like throughout time there have been so many hilarious instances of that. Have you guys seen the one where, like, just, like, fucking, it's, like, the Skyrim, like, knights, or I guess they're, like, the police or something, like, the the guards. Mm-hmm. You'll be like talking to someone and they'll just like you'll see him off like on behind the person's shoulder. They're just creeping on you. Just ready to talk to you <laughs> in the middle of your dialogue with someone else. And you're like, no, no, no. And they'll just like show and talk to you. Like, come on, man. That's exactly what this was like. Yes, indeed. I love it. It's good. So I mean, hey, and then you they know, say some shit like, I like shorts. They're comfy and easy to wear. <laughs> That was surprisingly developed. You pulled that really fast. It's it's from Pokemon. It's, uh, it's from Pokemon. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. There's or, this or one the character. Witcher. What? Oh, go. Or in The Witcher, you're huge and ugly. Just randomly. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, but the, the one character in Pokemon? Oh, yeah. Who just... That's, that's his whole life. God damn. Is liking shorts. Wow, God. Dedication. Yeah. You, like, just mm-hmm. all you need to do is play Pokemon again and then recognize that some games are just made for kids. Like, you can enjoy them too, but just accept the parts that are made for kids. Like, this dude who walks after you and just says he likes shorts or some shit. Like, you just yeah. have to accept that. It is that. a boy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you I ever had a boy walk question. up to you and say some shit like that? No, well, answer yes, yes, yeah, yeah, I yeah. think so. Kids do say things, like no, but that. guys, like, one of the things yeah. I was playing while I was just sitting there being like, fuck, my game's fucked, I guess I'll just like and my power's out. So I'm pulling out the switch, and I'm like, all right, what do we got on here? And we got fucking nothing on there. And so then I'm playing Super Mario Odyssey, which I bought because everyone said it was amazing. And fair enough, it's it's good, good. I'm not a huge fan of like jumping on things generally, but. It's just like, just in all, in all in all walks of life, every single one that you're thinking of, I just don't like any of it. But yeah, so like, it's, it kind of felt like that a little bit too, where it's just sort of like, so I'm destroying a kid's game? Like, just like, it's like, okay, should I sit here and critique it and be like, it could be a little harder? Or like, obviously this is like a progression and they're just, this is designed for children. Like, it's, it's okay that I can get all the moons. Like, and... And I'm just sitting there like, you know, just leave it. But, like, the critic, like, the part of, like, my podcast brain is like, well, I don't know if that's balanced correctly for my experience. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't think that's their goal. Um, so I've that with Pokemon, too. Which is, which is why Metroid Dread is such a surprise. Mm. Nice callback. Nice. All right, guys, listen. Yeah. Any other hilarious stories? Well, um, I was going to – I was just going to ask one – question i guess to Raphael and james only because i didn't end up utilizing i only utilized one typhon mod um mm. to which then the game incorrectly stated at the end she pumped herself with so many typhon modifications <laughs> i was like um one <laughs> that hardly counts as so many but anyway um what do you guys think of the typhon modifications does that do anything more to the ending the more that you have or is it all just the fact that the turrets aggress on you and that's all you have to deal with uh, so I guess it's like probably four mods in, I guess, that the, the turrets start to aggress on you. 
Uh, and that caught me a little bit off guard. I was kind of like, there's a lot of Typhon mods. I can probably do like maybe 10 of them before that happens. But uh, in retrospect, I think there's a little badge on the like, the screen that comes up when you press P gauge. that brings up the, the traumas and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that has a little gauge of that. And I missed that until the turret started attacking me. So that was cool. Hmm. Um, yeah. Hmm. I think it does figure into the ending, but I think I got the same line you did. Uh, I did maybe five mods. No, six. Six. Mm -hmm. So I didn't go that far. So many Typhon yeah. modifications. Um, but did you find, like, did that, I mean, we kind of talked about how this game stifled creativity, but that did, did that help in any way with, like, any, I don't know, getting, getting items uh, getting through areas? They no. were pretty strong, I, I thought. Uh, so, I mean, I got Mimic. The Mimic one ended up actually being really useful for getting into areas uh, that I couldn't figure out how to get into otherwise. Because you could, like, turn into a mug and then roll through, like, the little gap in the security window damn that's creative um, that's awesome and and that was fun yeah I, I i greatly enjoyed that um then there's a regeneration one that you can get from scanning the nightmares and that like uh the way it works is like if you've just taken damage then you will regenerate up to this amount like a few seconds later uh and that helped a lot with survivability and just like taking random damage from things i didn't realize were there uh, and then, yeah, the Kinetic Blast one was generally a good supplement to all the other combat stuff at a, at a certain point, like, especially was with that the like psychic, the first one. Yeah. With yeah. the psychic water quest. I don't know if you guys did that. Uh, mm -hmm. there's a side quest where you inject psychoactive compounds into the water. And that means that every time you take a sip of water from like the dispensers or the sinks or whatever, hmm. it gives you a bunch of, uh, psi or whatever it was called. That's awesome. Uh, Normally it just gives you one HP. Yeah. Yeah, it gives you like... Uh, it was like 30 Psy or something. That's awesome. That's a really cool, yeah, so that meaningful world-changing side quest. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was really interesting. Um, and that made the Psy pretty free, so I was just like running around blasting things and then sipping water. Dude, you're like a fucking lunatic, like crazed, like... Don't you, don't you think that'd be kind of insane? Like, imagine a Bioshock context. Like, you'd be a splicer. Because you just, like, go out there, kill something, and then you just walk into a sink in the Pretty bathroom, much. and just like, like, fuck yeah. Like, dude, what? <laughs> like, all right. All right, cool. Good. Yeah, I mean, so I think when I was going for the second ending, Cameron was watching me play, and he was just like, this looks really boring, because you're just, like, waltzing through everything. And I was like, huh, yeah, I, I guess I am at this point. <laughs> Here, I have this water bottle filled with sink water. Let me just... I drank this. Okay. Yep. I didn't have enough uh, neuromods to get the things that I wanted. Because um, I was at the point where I just didn't have any resources at all. Um, but I got I got the the kinetic blast. I got the um, the the hide one which i barely ever used which was probably foolish i should have used that more more and i got um like telekinetic powers um where you can like 
affect things over distance. Um, which was kind of cool. I enjoyed doing that. Um, I definitely like accessed a few computers um, and got into a couple of spaces that I didn't realize you could just throw a recycle grenade at, um, which is a little frustrating. Um, but yeah, I, I think I only got like, no, I must've gotten two levels of something. Maybe I only got like three and the turrets started attacking me. Maybe it was hmm. four. Um, yeah, that wasn't so enjoyable. <laughs> the turrets attacking me. Um, yeah. All right. They but make you bleed, whatever. and I never got the item to like stop bleeding or the the thing for crafting it. So yeah, me neither. Sense. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that I I felt like I died really fast. Um. So like I I there was a quest where you're like setting up turrets, and they would all just like start shooting me, and I would die, and I'd be like, fuck. Dude, James, um, is it possible no. that you, like, were on an insanely hard difficulty, like, on accident from the beginning of the game? Yeah, normal. Is I it really normal? Normal. Okay. Dude, it's just murdering you. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, it was just murdering me constantly. Like, wow. it was it was harder than Metroid Dread some of these parts of the game. That's silly. Like, literally, I'd, I'd, like, reset, reload my save, like, ten times in a row just to fucking beat normal enemies. <laughs> so okay. weird yeah um maybe i just suck maybe that's <laughs> no 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 way maybe that's the secret is i just suck no way uh there's yeah. literally no way james that you are not good enough to beat a shooter game on normal there's just literally that's just <laughs> impossible that's just impossible so i i mean i yes i could have gotten through it but like it, it it felt like it was way harder than it should have been um, in an unenjoyable way. Oh, no, totally. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't mean to say, like, yeah. you you should have beaten it. I'm just saying, like, there's something wrong right. with your balance yeah, yeah. when James is struggling in your first-person shooter after literally the fucking more than a year we've trained in first-person. Come, come on. Come on. <laughs> like, that's... <laughs> That's not normal. It's not normal to have an, a year of training in first-person shooters before you play a single-player game, I feel like. Right? Well, I, I would say this doesn't really feel like much of a shooter. Yeah. Because you're not shooting anything. <laughs> you don't have no ammo. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, I, dude, I just don't think they really have any uh, headshot bonuses in this game. It's just kind of shoot yeah, yeah i was thinking about that a lot Damn as it. i was shooting things in the head and i was like am i making this harder for myself like do i have a crit bonus when i do this <laughs> fuck like i know for a I while got, i was you get a random for the crit head. chance <laughs> <laughs> but that's even if you hit them in the body <laughs> right so i just started wailing on them because i was just like okay <laughs> screw peeking corners i actually We're i think i invested in. like 12 neuro mods into gun levels and then learned that it was fucking useless. Because um, there was no ammo. Yeah. Good God. So 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 crit mm -hmm. headshots, not not crit, not critical chance, like as in, like they fucking used to do it in League. I don't know if they still do, but it's like 10%. Your attack 
hits, you crit. No, it's that, yeah. But, like, that. so that that is, like, my least favorite possible way to to add, like, an extra damage thing. Because then you can't control it. Like, I've played ammo scarcity games. Okay, I love ammo scarcity games. Love them. Gabe's probably writing a text message right now, like, yo, you should play, like, I forget what that game is, but there's, like, a bunch of, like, ones that are set in, like, post-apocalyptic, like, nuclear places where you're like you barely have anything. like russia yeah like russia or something yeah. i was gonna say something like that and they like the, the metro games which one say it again yeah metro. metro oh metro but also stalker yeah like sure. those types of games yeah stalker yeah we should do we should play a game with the intention of like it's gonna be scarce resources and just like see how they they balance that because i fucking love that shit when it's done well but like one of the best things for me personally that I enjoy with those types of games is a way to do extra damage that's hard, like a headshot or something, like a stealth kill. I think there was stealth in this game. It didn't appear to be effective at the time that I was in. It might be more effective later, but like, it's fun to set up your stealth headshot. It only takes one bullet, but it's like you're getting modifiers for stealth. You're getting modifiers for headshot. Like, you know, you maybe you hit them, it cripples them so they can't see as well. You know, like that's just like, there's like ways to make it so your bullets count instead of being like, well, I've clicked this thing 15 times. That's the only way for it to die. It's like, there are ways to like, when you're in crisis and you get surprised, you can't get that headshot. You have to spray the chest and you burn a bunch of bullets and you really regret it. You're like, damn, I got surprised. I should, I should have checked this room better for Typhons, but I didn't, I had to burn a bunch of ammo, but it's okay because I've been really conservative so far. And I think I can sustain this small mistake. And then for me, I would like save. It's like, okay, I'm accepting that I didn't die. I burned like seven shots because I missed the first three, which I shouldn't have done. Like, but I'm going to go back to one-shotting things. But I feel like this game doesn't have like that particular way. Yeah, that sounds way better than what this game has. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. I say we review and and get out of here. Oh. So I had one more thing, which was, I mean, so as somebody who is really into sci-fi, mm. this game is, is a sci-fi setting. Okay. So I wanted to touch a bit on that. Um, I mean, so it's kind of, it's kind of got a little bit of background discussion on the Fermi paradox, um, which is uh, in, in a very general sense is the idea, like, from what we know, there should be a lot of life in the universe, but somehow we haven't managed to find any outside of earth uh or hear from any outside of earth and so uh one of the i guess big hobbies in sci-fi is coming up with explanations for why this is the case Mm. um this one happens to subscribe to the 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 dangerous galaxy uh explanation as it's called uh which is just that like Yes, there is other life, but it is mostly into destroying life. Uh, so that's why we're not finding it, because it just hasn't found us yet. And when it finds us, the Typhon find, found us, uh, it's just going to eat us. It's going to make our life a scary movie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess overall, uh, there's some kind of neat sci-fi stuff in this it has a little bit of uh sort of cyberpunk-esque discussion of the impact of neuromods um Mm -hmm. 
But did you read all the books? I did read all the books. Uh, I got a little bit more annoyed with repetition in the books. Mm-hmm. Uh, but overall, it ended up feeling very derivative mm-hmm. by the end. Yeah, I think it's a bit more mainstream than something you would enjoy, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like, dude, is that not the razor's edge that this game walked in a weird way, like between like mainstream and kind of like niche, you know, just a weird way where like when you treat it like a mainstream game, you're like, uh, what the fuck is this? And then yeah. like some people are coming out way like, no, you're just, it's actually like more niche or it's actually a different thing or I don't know. That's interesting. Is it at least a cool setting? Okay. It could have been underwater, bro. Could have been underwater. You would, you could have swam around out there. But yeah, it, it is a cool setting, and I think actually probably the most cool thing about it is the the externalized uh, neural network that the Typhon have, which is an interesting idea that I don't think I've seen in quite this form. Hmm. Um, and so like the the coral is yeah this externalized neural network that they have that is made of exotic matter that doesn't really interact with normal matter, so they can just kind of like spew it everywhere, uh, which is then interesting idea uh possibly a dumb idea i'm not sure um (laughs) in that like you when you have an externalized neural network like nothing's really protecting it so uh i mean i guess they went with you just phased through it uh but the typhon also had a bunch of like uh, exotic matter so maybe they wouldn't phase through it and they'd disrupt it and that seems a bit strange uh but it is at least a cute idea. Hmm. Oh, nice. <laughs> Dude, put that on the back of the box. It's a cute idea. It's a cute. Yeah. <laughs> it's got some cute ideas. <laughs> they do- and I think visually, like, it is really... Yeah. I, I do think it's visually cool in the Great. game where, like, when you backtrack in some of these areas, like, the coral will spread even more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I do think, like... At least in that sense, the game did a good job of showing, like, yeah, you were, quote-unquote, victorious in this area by clearing it out and getting your side quest turned in. But if you ever come back at any point, like, there's just more enemies and more corals. So, like, you, it really does give off the impression of it just being this, like, unstoppable yeah. force that is just growing. It's suffocating, yeah. Yeah. For sure. I, I guess more on that, like, the visuals of this game are really, actually really good in general. Mm-hmm. Uh not just in the sense of like they had really good graphics but also just the design of the visuals like the design of the typhon is pretty visually cool uh the design of the coral is 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 really neural network inspired and they kind of allude to that with like the artwork in morgan's uh bedroom Mm -hmm. and i i think that's like clearly a lot of thought went into designing the visuals of this game and they did a really good job with it Mm-hmm. yeah yeah i mean we touched on it last week the design of the space station itself especially okay. as you're space walking outside like it mm-hmm. did take me until like 60 percent of the way through the of the game when i actually oriented myself the correct yeah. way outside the ship to see how it's actually supposed to be like structured i'm like oh so that's why it's vertical in the map it's a vertical station wow <laughs> um <laughs> like I do think that visual itself is also, like, spectacular. Agreed. And I do think, like, some of the, 
some of the sci-fi elements, like technology, the the yeah, some of the technology that they use, like the looking glass is really cool. Like especially if you go up into like the uh the crew bridge. Um, like the captain's bridge, and you realize like they don't look out over space. It's just all looking glass panels that show you space. So you can like turn mm-hmm. it off and it reveals that they're just in this like room. Mm-hmm. Which I don't know. I like I find that stuff to just be like nice touches to just how uh I don't know, advanced the the technology is. Yeah, it, yeah. another thing I guess they did with the setting is uh, they have unified a unified theory of gravity in this setting. So, like, the uh, the elevators are gravitics-based, which is, mm-hmm. is neat. And they, they do, in like, they look really cool, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I mean, no, I honestly like the spaceship itself, like, the visuals of it, sure. And like being outside of it and stuff, but even just the way that you can get around the station, just like the way that it's laid out, the way that it kind of feels like its own thing, like it's it's not linear. I know it is like linear in a lot of ways, but like it's not supposed to be, and it doesn't always feel like it. I thought that stuff was pretty cool. Like just that, like if if I said like, hey man you can go to rapture in bioshock 4 but the thing is it's not linear you can go anywhere you want like that could be awesome and it could be not awesome but it could be awesome and i feel like that's what this game was going for and it i th- i don't know for me at least it was awesome at times for sure yeah like seeing how things connected <laughs> yeah and then i don't know if this was fucking intentional or not but i thought they did a really good job at making the rooms feel like lived in when you got there now asterisk i had a bug where things were just knocked over (laughs) so maybe that's just the bug was like really awesome in that way but like i don't know if you guys experienced that but like it i would like come into shit and like stuff was like broken and like things were knocked over and like it just it had it didn't feel like a spaceship it felt like a spaceship that had like chaos before that's just like the silence of it so i don't know i thought that was really cool yeah i think even with a fresh game i i got a lot of that nice yeah yeah, and I mean, and even like, I, I do think it was just a cool touch at the at the end of the game as the credits roll. They have a cinematic playing as the credits roll that show kind of the beginnings of the Typhon attack. It's like a small little cinematic, but it's cool because it shows just the crew quarters and like the crews going about their everyday mm-hmm. lives, and then you just see like the slow and gradual, you know, occurrences of how how everyone either ended up possessed or dead um so you know it starts out with like a little tiny little mimic and then you just see it just descend into chaos as you know (laughs) weavers are coming in and creating phantoms and you know those phantoms are hunting the rest of the crew and people are just running everywhere and upending things and you're just like ah that's cool like it it kind of shows how everything ended up the way it was that said, people need to stop putting passwords and sticky notes everywhere. God damn. I mean, and they and they that. even have like a cheeky little commentary about it, of like, you know, email from IT saying, please don't do that. But it's just hilarious. It was rampant. Just how many people do that. Yeah. It's rampant. Okay. I dude, I got guys, we're there. We're there. I swear we're there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> saying that for like thirty minutes and I'm wrong, but now I think I'm right. And so all right. I'll just I'll I'll jump in first just because I feel like mine's like the least baked just because of the nature of it. I would say 
this game is, I'm going to say a one thumb. That's what I think about it. And I think it's very, like, a mixed experience for me. I actually really enjoyed a lot of the atmosphere. As we talked about, like, some of the visuals are really awesome. Some of the enemies' designs are cool. I even think just, okay, just stop at the mimic. That's a cool idea for a horror game. Maybe it's not that creative. I don't know. Fuck, it worked on me. I'm, like, smashing shit all over the place. And there's that one room where there's sticky notes on everything. Like, this is not a mimic, not a mimic, not a mimic. Like, that was badass. Um, yeah. So, I like that yeah. shit. Um, I even like... I think they, they tried to go towards Bioshock's sort of, like, art style in a way. You know, with, with some of that... I don't even know how to describe that art. But you get that feeling from, like, even just, like, the neuromods and the art behind that and whatever else. And it's good. I, I enjoy that shit. So there's a lot here that I actually really enjoyed. Obviously, I had a game breaking book. That's devastating. So obviously, I can't, I can't go too far. Um, but I just think in general, too, I think this game is probably a miss for me anyways and was, was shaking out to be so, even though I was enjoying it. Just because I think it it does end up having a lot of things that took me out of the experience or that that felt like they were fighting it, even though... Oh, okay, okay. And so, like, why do I even care? But I care, though, because there were actually... I think there's a good game in here also that I was actually enjoying. And I was surprised to be enjoying. But it it certainly wasn't in a way that I could enjoy it personally. So, yeah. That's why it's like one thumb. It's very much in the middle. It has aspects of much better, and I think it has aspects that detract. So, fair. Um, I'll pass the torch here. I think here. what you're... Oh, the word you're looking for is art deco. Okay. Yeah. Okay, thank you. It does have an Art yeah. Deco look, doesn't it? Yeah. Hmm. James, did you pick this game? Who picked this game? I think this was my, if we have to do scary games, let's play this game game. Okay. Um, I heard a little bit about the kind of open environment where you can, like get into rooms in a bunch of different ways um, and kind of exploring in this sort of first person Metroidvania e space um, and that seemed really cool to me um, I also liked the art a lot like the visual design that I saw um, and that was all true. Um, I thought, I thought it was a really cool, like the the level design is really excellent in this game. I think, um, and I think the I really enjoyed talking to the characters that existed, exploring character stories on through emails and voice logs that I actually listened to in this game. Uh, you might be surprised, but I did. Uh, I'm learning. Respect. Uh, I'm like Bioshock when I listen to none of them. <laughs> um, <clears throat> uh, I, I, I did have some troubles with this game, um, and some of them are just because it's got spooks in it, and I don't, I don't like that, you know? So I, I, I think, um, 
my kind of emotional tolerance for continuing to play this game is very low. Um, after like sitting down for an hour. Um, and especially uh, when I don't have any ammo. <laughs> I yeah. think the anxiety ramps up dramatically when I don't have any ammo. Yeah. Um, and so that affected my enjoyment of the game. Um, but overall, I would say, yeah, like there's a lot of interesting things to counterpoint my negatives. I think I'll give it like one thumb. Um, it did some cool stuff pretty well. Um, and while it missed on a lot of fronts, I, 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 th I honor them for trying. Um, and yeah. I was, I was between like a meh and a one thumb and I, I think, I think they got the one thumb. Yeah. I wonder if I swayed that. I definitely think you could definitely say Matt also. I think that's valuable. But I'm curious. No, I don't think you did. I I, I had decided on the one thumb before coming here. So Okay. Well fair play on that. Um all right, yeah. let's keep going through. Do you wanna do you wanna pass, James? Oh shit. Uh uh Raphael. Hmm. So I find this game really hard to rate. It's kind of like what happened, I guess, with Transistor, where it's like there are things I really liked and things I really disliked. Uh, although I feel like there's a whole lot of different things pushing in different directions. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, like, as I said, the visual design is really cool. Even though the sci-fi aspects were pretty derivative, I don't know. I still kind of dug them. Fair. <laughs> the space stuff was cool. Mm -hmm. uh, the aliens were cool. Um, that being said, like the design of the combat in this game, I just really hated. And I was so glad when I was done with it, I was like, think like, I don't have to play this game anymore. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, kind of like throughout the process of playing this game, I was thinking about like, where does this game fall? And there were moments where I was like, this is two thumbs down. There were moments where I was like, this is meh. There were moments where I was like, this is one thumb up. Um, I mean, I guess that probably mostly averages to a meh. Um, but, I mean, I think it's probably clear, but I'll just make it even more clear. There's definitely, like, an audience out there for whom this game is, like, not missing on, on the places where it's missing for me. Uh, and they will really love it, and they will really want to play it multiple times. And they'll make YouTube videos, that's fair. Yep. yep. <laughs> okay. Zoe? Um, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll echo a little bit of what Raphael is saying. Like, I, I do agree that when it comes down to it, like, I feel myself torn in multiple directions. Like I said, I rage quit out of this game after accidentally killing Igwe because I was just thinking the way the game was leading me in that direction was was weird. Um, at the same time, you know, there are some really cool aspects. Like I said, the 
you know, just the overall creativity that the that this game can open up should you choose to open your mind to that. However, I think to get into that headspace, it, it, it does not come naturally. And I think this game fights against that naturally for a first playthrough. Um, definitely can see why people would finish this game and want to do another playthrough, either to mess with the survivability uh you know, statuses that you can have or the difficulty or maybe try and like level up different neuromods. Like I totally can see why there's people who have multiple playthroughs of this game. I don't think I will do it myself only because, you know, kind of like what Raphael said, as soon as I was done, I was happy to be done sure. and I didn't want to play this anymore. Um, I think like, the, the game does have some brilliant moments with its, you know, with its horror elements. Like we talked about the looking glass gimmick the first week that we played this. That was cool. I think there were some other parts in this game that still had me jump a little bit. That being said, I think the mimic jump scares get old after a while, especially when they use it the 50th or 60th time uh, in a playthrough where you're just kind of like seeing it whack with a wrench um that's kind of how i ended up uh treating those um and so i kind of wish that they maybe just eradicated that altogether. um maybe as the story was ramping up more and more maybe have the scares be even less because at that point you're 20 to 30 hours in um buggy for sure um, that being said, side quest material, I thought was actually fairly well done. I did like reading some of the supplementary material, not necessarily with the books, but with like the emails between crewmates. I was able to get a good sense of relationships between crew members and actually like feel things if I saw their like Typhon bodies later. Um, I think just most notably, there's like one side quest you do of this husband and wife pair where the husband is creating this scavenger hunt for his wife for their anniversary. Um, and it leads you into a storage closet where you see rose petals leading up to a nice dinner, but the husband's a typhon. And you realize that he's just been waiting in that supply closet for the past like couple of weeks as a typhon. Um, I don't know like it's that kind of like subtle storytelling that I like um so yeah I think overall I'll give with that long-winded explanation I think I'll give it a one thumb um I can see how this could be somebody's gold star uh or like favorite game uh, I think the guy's YouTube video I saw he said he'd like rate this above Bioshock I'm not in that camp I consider Bioshock better than this game but I mean hey, to each their own. There is definitely an audience for this sort of game. And if you're one of those people, all the more power to mm -hmm. you. But also, like, fuck you, though. This is this game sucks, right? I mean, is that just where we're all I feel like yeah. I feel like we all start with, like, a... Fix your damn game! <laughs> I, I, I would actually agree. This game is better than Bioshock, but that's because I hated Bioshock. Wow. And Ooh. the things about this game that reminded me of Bioshock, like, literally made me, like, feel revulsion i was like ugh, this is so bioshock kick him off the podcast get him out of here i will not have this in my house a second time around <laughs> <laughs> all right you guys 
We fucking did it. And not only do we fucking do it, I love I that you hated Bioshock. Just I think had we should have that Let's conversation. Let's get the fuck out of here and let me eat that shit. Um, <laughs> goodbye, everyone. This is fun. And next week, we are going to play Inscription. So, oh, by the way, we do these, like, um, these deliberations podcasts. And the reason why we do those is so we can change the schedule later to fit what actually makes sense to us. <laughs> Anyways, now that you've been let in on that secret, um, we're going to play Inscription because it launched recently and wow you'll have to wait to hear about that one um cool so let's get out of here thanks you guys uh for playing and uh thanks for listening yeah thank you bye bye